Good morning, Sterling College. How are you this morning? <laughs> That's how I felt in chapel sometimes when I was in school. Well, it's so good to be here. And as you just saw, that was one of my trips so far this year. I was out in the country of Nepal. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for going. And I was just uh, thinking back over the last 10 years or so that we have been able to work with you. And this isn't just an organization with a school. This is a partnership, a relationship that we have with you. There is a tremendous need around the world that I get to see on a yearly basis. And it is an honor for us to work with you, Sterling College. Some of you, this is your first year. You only just got here a few weeks ago. Some of you, this is your fourth year. Some of you might have been here longer. And uh, it's just, hey, got to do what you got to do. But um, it is, it truly is an honor. Thank you, President Rich, for entrusting us with your students. Thank you for Bishop Reverend Christian Dashiel for sending all these amazing people with us. Because when we see the need overseas, if you have ever gone overseas and seen the eyes of poverty, of the lost, of the broken, of the hurting, it is very difficult to get back on the plane. Because you go and you're like, you're all pumped. You're like, yeah, this is missions and we're going to do some good stuff. And then you get to see people where they really live and what they really do every day. And you're like, good God almighty, how come they are living like this? Why haven't they heard about the name of Jesus even one time? God, help us. And I want to tell you something today. And I was, I could share this later too, but It's important for all of us to understand that it is only by the grace of God that you are sitting where you are sitting today. You weren't born where I was just standing. And I have another video. If I get to it, I'm going to show it to you. We didn't get to pick and choose where we lived, where we were born, who our parents were. Neither did they. And one thing I always train our teams when we go out, it's not, we're not the answer. Jesus is the answer. We're not superstars. We're not, the mentality I try to ingrain in our teams is not a here I am mentality. We got off the plane and we're the answer to all life's problems. We've been trained and we're educated. We're a warrior. We come over. We know what we're doing. It's not that. It's there you are. You are the pearl of great price. You are the ones that we are after, to go after the one, to go after the hurting, to go after the lost. And it's important to go out, but you have to go out with that right mentality. And it's an honor to be here because in one of these seats, many years ago, I met a Sterling student named Christopher Penner. And you probably, there may not be any overlap anymore, but he was a Sterling student here for four years. And he walked up to me one day. Uh, Dr. Hank introduced me and he said, I have a heart for Peru. And I'm like, yep, we're, we don't work there. <laughs> yeah, buddy. But maybe I could hook you up with some of my friends or something. But then he said something. He said, but I'll go wherever I need to go for the next four years. Okay. And he was on the track team and everything. So he did. He went to Guatemala. He went to Ghana. He was a team leader, did all these things. And miraculously, at the end of his uh, graduation, then I think he worked here for a year, we actually opened up a Peru site. And it's not arbitrary. The way we do things is not, well, there's lots of countries, let's go do some good work. There are a million people in this world doing a million good things, but our assignment is to find out God's heartbeat for us. And where can we be most utilized? Because we know at the end of the day, that's where you go. We're not just going to ship you out just because there's more numbers and other people just, well, we got to reach more people. It's because there are specific kingdom assignments that we will work better, work more efficiently. God's got it ordained. 
So Peru opened up, and Chris was like, I called him that day. That was one of my favorite phone calls. He was here on campus, and I called him. I'm like, Chris, guess what? What? We have a Peru site. No answer. <laughs> Chris, you still there? Yep. <laughs> we have a Peru site. He's like, I'm going. There is a Sterling College alumni. Uh, we've kind of adopted him. You're, you're, the, you're the institution that trained him, but he's a GI missionary full-time. He had a one-way ticket in his pocket last January, and he's still there right now. You have a Sterling alumnus. I know you got some all over the world, but one I got to know personally, one that sat in the seats that you're sitting in not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, like three years ago, was sitting right there and is now serving full-time with us in the Andes Mountains, not in the capital. He's way out there. He's at 11,000 feet this morning. He goes out individually to... uh, There's a couple villages that he's kind of got on his heart. He doesn't speak Spanish, it's I'm like, Chris is very people-oriented, not so much task-oriented. He just loves people and loves the kids, and he shows up, and he just, it, whatever it takes. Yeah, but God's been using him and using him and using him, and for the first time ever, he's posting, I just translated for one of our GI teams. They were preaching, and I translated for them. I'm like, you mean like interpreting theology, <laughs> or what are you talking about? He's like, no, they, they let me preach with them, and he was the Spanish interpreter. God will use you. I know we're in a series in the book of Isaiah, and uh, I want you to turn, if, unless you can see it on the screens, if you have your Bible electronically or the paper version, uh, to the book of Isaiah in chapter 8. And I'm going to read it down, and then we're going to break it down. All right, let's go to Isaiah 8. It says in verse 11, For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of the people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy concerning all that the people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him shall you hallow. Let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble. They shall fall and be broken Be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony. Seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob. And I will hope in him. Here I am. And the children whom the Lord has given me. We are the signs and wonders in Israel. From the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards and whisper and mutter. Should not a people seek their God? Should they not seek, should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. They will pass through it, hard pressed and hungry, and it shall happen when they are hungry that they will be enraged and curse their king and their God and look upward. Then they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness, gloom of anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. Can you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we just bless the reading of your word. We're thankful that you are the light that we bring around the world, that wherever we go, you are in us. And wherever we go, there is hurt, there is need, but we know the answer, and it is you, Jesus. I just ask that you bless every student here. We are thankful for your presence, God. Thankful for the worship this morning. How amazing, how awesome, how excellent is your name in all the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
So this has been written at a time when uh, Israel and Judah were about to get some judgment put on them. The Assyrians were coming down, and there was kind of this confederacy between North uh, Israel and Syria that the Assyrians were wiping them out, and Judah was next on the path. And Isaiah was telling people, this is really happening. The reason that this is happening is we neglected our allegiance to God, and God is bringing some judgment, and these Assyrians are really coming. That's why he says, do not say it's just a conspiracy. There's a lot of people who think things are happening and things think things are not happening. Judah was really going to get judged. Our world, our, the people in this world eventually, if I read my Bible correctly, will be judged. This isn't fake. This isn't one and done. This isn't YOLO. You do have something beyond this. It is heaven or it is hell. It gets rarely preached on. Thankfully, I hear it more and more. But there are really sins and there are really things that happen as a result of sin. Because the wages of sin is truly death. So he's telling them, this isn't fake. This is really happening. There is a world around us that is erasing hell. They're erasing all the things of, of, of sin and say, well, you know, let's justify a couple of things. No, Jesus really was a person, really God, really man, really came, really died, really rose again for our salvation to cleanse us of all the sin and unrighteousness in our lives. And then we are to go into all the world and take that to every living creature. It doesn't matter where you are. There are some places that we go in the world. It is so remote that I get the privilege and honor to tell somebody about Jesus for the very first time, which is crazy to me because I grew up in a pastor's home and I'm a pastor at our church as well. So my kids are are growing up in that as well, in that environment. And it is unbelievable to me to be able to walk up to somebody who is 60, 70, 80 years old and tell them about the name of Jesus. And they're like, who? And I'm in a village somewhere in the world. And I'm like, well, uh, he was God's son. How do I break this down? And uh, he was born in a village, something like this, maybe. Uh, but it was called Bethlehem. And they're like, oh, is it close? Um, no, a little east of here, I guess. I don't know. And, uh, uh, I, and to look at them and just tell them, but what an honor it is. But you know what I think as I'm saying it? This person is 80 years old, has never heard the name of Jesus Christ, even one time. They have had to push through life without ever being able to call on the name of Jesus, their savior. They just blaze through it, pushing through it, muscling through it and being bombarded by Eastern religions and false cults and religions and never really knowing the truth that could set them free. How depressing. I think all my grandparents are with the Lord now. I can't imagine. I I knew them for as long as I did. It was mostly when I was little, but I can't imagine at their age hearing it for the first time. My parents are getting older too. I can't imagine them not having heard the name of Jesus or anything about what you and I believe in ever, ever. That is, that still boggles my mind. But there are, you know, statistics that say there are one, two billion people that are still in that category that still haven't heard. He goes on to say that, well, the reason he's saying that is that he doesn't want people to panic. Because this is going to happen. Things around you will happen, but we have to put our trust in the Lord. He says, the Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow, him you should fear. Which, which, you know, we're putting our trust and faith in God. That's what that really means. God was not like these other tribal gods that they were around. He has protected the people of Israel throughout history. And you can see it even today. And Isaiah is once again reinforcing. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. Your God is faithful. And he loves you, and he has called you, and he's appointed you. 
He will be a sanctuary, a stumbling block, or a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel. If the Lord isn't your salvation, he's your stumbling stone. I see it all the time. People who don't believe in Jesus, the moment you say his name, things change. Try it. Just walk into any retail store, maybe maybe not so close to the college, but you know, just walk into a mall, walk into a restaurant, say, hey, do you know Jesus? Like it's like the air gets sucked out of the room. People are like, are you cussing or are you trying to get, you know, Christian y on me? Like, what are you doing? There's power in the name of Jesus, and he really is a stumbling block to some people. He says, bind up the testimony. As a testimony, I believe that's God's word. It directs us in our faith. Seal the law among my disciples. As a law, God's word, it directs everything you do. That's why, students, I encourage you right now to make reading the word of God a daily habit. You're like, of course. Of course you're going to say that. No, I'm a pastor, and I see people who are 20, 30, 40, 50, and they have not made it a habit of doing it. I'm not perfect by any means. There's days I skip, and I'm like, gosh, it's already midnight. I missed that day completely. But there's a reason that we do it, because it helps you build a foundation for the future. And God's word, even Isaiah was saying, listen to the words of God and use it, because it will help dispel all the fear that's going around you. I will wait on the Lord, who hides his face from the house of Jacob. What's that? He's he's saying that at some point, it's going to feel like God has abandoned you. I don't know if you have ever come to that point in your life where it feels like you're really questioning God's existence at one point. You're questioning, does God even hear or answer my prayers? How come I'm not hearing the way I used to? I don't even know what he's talking about hearing the voice of God. I want to encourage you that God is always with you. It doesn't matter. Things in life are going to happen. If you think life is going to be perfect, many of you have had an existence to 18, 19, 20, 22 years. You could look at me and like, brother, if you ever heard my testimony and where I came from, I promise you it's nothing like yours. And you've already experienced some pretty traumatic things. There are people in this world that when I meet them, I'm like, I can't, I can't even imagine what you, I would do in this situation. But I want you to know that God hears that and he understands that and he has a plan for you. And I encourage you, that once you are in the word of God, once you are praying constantly, make hearing the voice of God and saying yes and being obedient to the word of God a daily habit, a priority. Because once you learn to do that now, you can do it for the rest of your life. It, it, it builds on a foundation. Because I know people, I work with them. Um, our church is, is big and we get to meet lots of people and they wish they could be you. They wish they could snap their fingers and be 19 again, 21 again. And thinking, man, what if I just had a said yes to God? What if I had just gone, can I just go back in time and just make reading the word of God and being, a, being not afraid and being a part of everything that is around me that is offered to me, a Christian belief system, a church, a community, being a part of that. What if I just had have done that? Where would my life be right now? I have friends in the ministry full time and I have friends whose lives, their lives are totally wrecked. And we were in a Christian school too. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what school you go to. Uh, with it when it comes to your faith in God, you have to where you God has you here. He has you here and he wants you to stay here and finish finish out. That's another great Christian uh, ethic to have is be consistent, fulfill your commitments, but do it with God on your side by getting into his word every day. Many are the plans in a man's heart or woman's heart, but the Lord's purpose is the one that prevails. That's how you know it and that's what Isaiah is talking about. He says, "Here I am." And the children whom the Lord has given me, we are here for signs and wonders. You know, God looks at you as his own child. There's a part in Isaiah, I don't know if it was covered in 
previous uh, messages, but he actually names his son this crazy name, well, crazy to us, Maher Shalal Hashbaz, uh, which is denoting uh, the sudden attack of the Syrian army. He's telling him, God said, name your son this as a symbol that this is really going to happen. At the end of all of this, there is something that's going to happen. There is going to be a judgment of souls. People who are saved will enter heaven. People who have denounced Jesus, who have not accepted him, will go to hell. There is no question. That is what we are here for. That is why you have been created for this generation. Not a hundred years ago, not a thousand years from now, but this generation. You were born in this generation to reach this generation. That's why you are here. It is not just to get a job and exist. You have Jesus Christ in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory, Colossians says. He says, he's talking about seeking all these mediums and wizards. And man, I see it all the time. I see it in literally. I see people seeking other cults and religions and falsehoods. And he says, they're always muttering and whispering. You know why? Because they don't know what they're talking about. He's literally saying they mutter and whisper. But the prophets of God, these guys, they were constantly shouting it from the rooftops. There is a God. There is salvation. And that is what we need to send around the world. People who truly know God. God is looking for those who have said yes to him and will go out into all the world, wherever you are, preaching the gospel by not only your lifestyle, because I hear that all the time. You know, I know all the quotes. Preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. At some point, you have got to open your mouth mouth. Revelation says they will hear, they will know by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. The blood of the lamb has already been done. We can go ahead and check that box. But now we need people who are full of God, full of Jesus going into all the world, every place that you go and go intentionally to be able to tell people about the love of God. I go, I, one of the places that you go, Ghana, there, there's a rampant, uh, overtaking of Islam there. They have so much money behind them. The last time I went, not last year, but the second to last time, I, had, I didn't even see uh, an Islamic person. This last time I went, this last October, every village I went into not only had Muslims, but they also had mosques. They're taking over because they're offering free education. There's other religions in there and other false cults that are going in. And what's happening is this missions word called syncretism. People are taking a little bit from every religion just to get by for the next day. And if, if you tell me Jesus is the answer, then sure. If you tell me to worship Allah, sure. If it gets me some meals and my kids some education, sure. And if it's the tribal animistic junk that is going on in the background, sure, I'll just take it. And what they are doing, it's like Jacob and Esau. They are exchanging their birthright. They are saying, I, I have an opportunity to uh, just get by because I'm so poor and I don't know the truth that I'll take anything. And like Esau, in one day, he's like, I'm hungry, so I'm going to trade everything I've got for one meal. That's what they are doing to their kids. When they dress them up in a hijab and make them do the five prayers a day and do all of that, you are exchanging the possibility of knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior for eternity for that. And then I walk out of the village saying, I wish there was a team right behind me. Because there are so many people in this world. You don't realize how many people are in this world till you travel. When you fly into Cairo with me in Egypt and realize there's 18 million people in one city and it escalates to 21 million during the work hours in one city. And we think that we have big cities in America. I couldn't, well, actually I can't name some cities in India because they're like that long, but they're big. They're big cities, six, seven, eight, nine million people and words I can't even pronounce. And I'm like, how come we've never heard? There's millions of people that need the gospel. 
But I want to encourage you. Don't let all these things that you're hearing in the world ever bring you fear. Don't be fearful. I'm not saying, hey, kids, just go follow your dreams. No, I mean, get on your knees before Almighty God before you graduate from this place. And I'm not kidding about finishing. You know what I look at when I hire people and when I work with people? I look at their consistency. I don't necessarily look at their GPA. I'm all about education and I've degrees and stuff like that. That's not irrelevant. It's important. But when I look at them, I'm like, can you finish what you started? Can you, what you say you're going to do, can you finish it? Because life is going to happen. If you are in college age right now and you think life is tough, you're like, I got so many papers and stuff. What's happening is God is giving you incremental, uh, uh, resistance. (laughs) You're going through life and you're having different challenges. Life is going to be awesome. Let me just tell you that. I'm married. I, I literally married the most beautiful girl on the planet. If I put her up, you'd be like, there ain't no way. You photoshopped that. Uh-huh. Just be, be, be my Facebook friend. You'll see. So I don't know what happened there. I think maybe, maybe I don't know. I won, the, I won the girl lottery somehow, but she loves me, and I'm good with that. And I have three beautiful kids, and I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I am not perfect by any means, but I do everything I can to stay on my knees and say, God, what is it that you have for me? I want to be insulated by the word of God so that when I go out in the world, I'm ready for any, everything. Because you think you have pressure now. Ask your teachers. Ask them when, and your professors and the faculty and staff that are around you. And I know there's some probably married students here with families. Once you add that into the mix, you think you don't have time now? You just wait. But God is giving you strength day by day by day. Because eventually you're like, I'm not going on no mission trip. Whatever, i got to work. Okay. Well, you also have the rest of your life. And I could also introduce you to a lot of people who need to hear from you. You have a testimony that will change their life. You can mention the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Just going into these nations that you have seen, those were all sterling people that we pulled. took us a little while, but we figured it out. Those were all sterling students that were on the field in all of those pictures. There are, there's a great, tremendous need out there, and people need you. In a, in a few weeks, we'll be sending out more teams. And then the summer will come, and I'm encouraging you that you have many opportunities between now and the summer to do a lot of things. And I'm not saying, you know, this is the only opportunity, but I'm encouraging you. All those nations that you just saw, every time a Sterling team has come in, I'm, I'm talking without fail. I get an email back from our contact saying, are they coming again next year? Are they coming again next year? Because you can actually make a difference in everything. You are a chosen generation. Just before this chapter in Isaiah, there's the famous verse in Isaiah 7, 14. The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and bear a son, and his name is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Right after this chapter in Isaiah 9, 6, is we hear this at Christmas. It is not Christmas. It's like 94 degrees out there. But it's not Christmas at all. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This world is fearful. 
They are. They don't know where their next paycheck is coming from. They don't know where their money's coming from. Our country's in upheaval from now till election day and then after, and everybody's going to be mad, both sides, every side. It doesn't matter. There is a true God. It doesn't matter what's coming. Isaiah is saying to the people of Judah and the people of Israel that you are insulated because God protects you. Those who follow him and trust him and obey, you are making decisions over the next few years that are going to affect your entire life, and you cannot have fear at all. Because Christ in you is their hope of glory, and he has not given you the spirit of fear. Anything that you believe that you can do, you can actually do it through God. Because he has placed that in you. And you don't have to have that fear. You know, I saw the statistic one time of the top fears in the world. Across the board, what people really, really fear. You know what? Death is not number one. (laughs) Public speaking is. So people would actually rather die than do what I'm doing right now. You have nothing to fear. There is a world out there, though, that needs a savior and needs you. It needs you to go out and tell them your testimony. It's not just, well, what can I do in a few weeks? Man, that's one of my other things I drill into everybody is that short-term strengthens the long-term. That there are things that we do on the field that are able to last for an, an eternity. Because we partner with people who are there every day, day in, day out. There's so much more I wish I could go over with you. But I want to encourage you this morning. You are called, you are appointed, and you are anointed for such a time as this. Not to just show up and just do schoolwork. What you are being trained here to do at Sterling College, you are getting the greatest education to be able to go out into all the world and make a difference. And not just make money. Oh, I just sucked the air out of the room there. It's not. That's not what it's about. Trust me, we work in 20 different countries, and if I could get all my contacts lined up here, I could tell you all the things that they could have been doing. I could tell you what Chris could have been doing instead of being some poor missionary in Peru. But at the end of his life, I promise you, he's going to turn around, and he's going to say, thank God I had that opportunity, and there's going to be thousands of little kids thanking him for it, and that could be you. Tonight, in the CAF, we're going to do the rush night, which shows all the, all the countries that we go to. I'd love to talk to you about it. Sterling, thank you for going on the mission field. Thank you for your time this morning. You guys are phenomenal. I really appreciate it. It's such an honor to be here. I'm going to close with a quick word of prayer and make sure you get to class on time. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every Sterling student, faculty member, and staff member here this morning. I'm thankful for them. Lord, you have called them, each of them. They still might be figuring out their degrees and their path, but you have something for them. And you can take some of them to the nations to change nations. They are all world changers. They are blessed. And I bless them as they go out from this place to have a great day and in a great week. I bless the faculty and the staff that oversee everything in the administration. I just pray for divine favor on this school that it grows in every area. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Sterling. I'll see you around campus.